I am unashamed. What about you? So we had, I want to say to start the podcast off on sad news, but we did have a, a passing yesterday or maybe a, the great boneyard in the sky, a dab, Bobo. The, yep. uh, what, which, how, how old was Bobo? Maybe 11 or 12? 11 or 12. He had lost most of his eyesight, which didn't help him yesterday on how he bit the dust. But, uh, and they were all well looking at the uh, UPS truck come in. He comes in. We have very little traffic, but we do have the U- people who like the UPS trucks and whatever. But, yeah, but I, I, I gave a prophecy about a year ago. Because yep. I saw him chasing that UPS truck one day, Yep. and I thought, that's not going to end well. I saw about 50 near misses where the truck barely missed him, I, and I tried to get them to stop doing that, but they just kept on. No, you can't stop it. So, But look, on the way down here, I, I had to get over in the other lane three different times because there's a dog laying in the middle of the road alive. Oh, They're oh, just yeah. laying in the, in the right. I don't know why dogs are obsessed out here. <laughs> with laying on the asphalt in the middle it's of the warm. road. Jimmy so they're Rez, cold and they're, they're they, looking they, for heat. They lie right out there in front of his house and right, you know, you got to stop, I blow did. your horn. Oh, I just did it. Oh, yeah. I thought, well, this is how. This Bobo is. made so a mis- misstep and he got in there between the front tires of the UPS truck and the back tires, they said. He just going to dart through there. but He zigged when he should have zagged. He zigged yep. when he should have zagged. He just didn't quite have the step he used to have. You know, so I, I call him the, out. The women were crying, yep. but we always, our, our method of, of grief on how to get over it. And coping. We reinstate another Bobo within days. <laughs> so That looks just like that one. And looks just him, like him. Call him the same name. Give him a few so months the, and, you know, Bobo lives So the lives story on, is, Dad. Huh? Is this is this is the sixth? If I'm if I'm right, Mom would know for sure. Well, she probably doesn't remember anymore. But I think this is the sixth Jesse James. It started out with Jesse James was the name, and this is the sixth Rat Terror. Their official name is Jesse James, but then they get a nickname like all the rest of us. She brought this uh, one in as the next Jesse James because the the oldest one, the old one, was near death. JJ. He lived on for a couple of years. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I Even said, longer. well, we can't call him Bobo now because because <laughs> this one here won't die. So that's right. I said, what are we going to do? And she said, well, we'll name this one Bobo. And uh, yeah. so right but now. This is like two or three on Bobo, right? Well, there's been about it's seven It's only the first. Yeah, so they're all Jesse James is, is their official name. Bobo was the nickname for this dog. It's the first Bobo, I think. This is first Bobo. First no, Bobo. What's no. the what? So what's the replacement going to be called, Phil? No, there was another be Bobo. There was no, another no. Bobo before this no. one. This is like no. Bobo Seven. I mean, you know, Captain Jesse James. Is, oh, okay. We just, oh. but I can't. But she's I working on real it. confusing. Yeah, it did. <laughs> well, look, I called mom, and so I said, "Well, mom, are you? You know, I heard you had some drama. Are you okay?" And she said, "I'm okay." She was by now. She was calm, you know. But she said that the uh, UPS driver comes in. And she said he knocked on the door, or knocked on the door, and she opened the door, and he had he was crying, yep. and uh, and she was like, "What? What? What is it? What happened?" And uh, he, then he told her what happened, and so then she started crying. So then she and the UPS guy are both crying on the front porch, <laughs> <laughs> and he the... felt so bad because yeah. he just kept apologizing, you know. But she said it's not your fault. I mean, you know, the dog did it, but he well, felt yeah. really bad, I, and I was glad that he did that. That was very nice of him to sort of yeah, share is. that moment i guess with mom you know so yeah. Yeah, go big is. brown i guess yeah so i don't know you know dogs they do have a spirit uh, but they don't have a soul so the question is and i've had this the, we've had this asked by people before do you think dogs will be in the next life i said well i don't I know say i hope so maybe i hope so too because they are they do have a spirit but they but they don't have a soul they don't well, have a jesus choice of, ate fish post-resurrection Plus, the so, only thing I can think of, if they all make it, 
there's going to be a big argument because some of them are going to say, well, who are you? But I'm Bobo. No, I'm, I'm the one that's Bobo around here. <laughs> so it could be once we get to heaven, there may be an argument on who's who. <laughs> who's the, with the real Bobo, please stand up. I thought up. I was the only Bobo. That, no, you came out to the light. Yeah, you know, I don't know. So she did tell me she was, as you said, Dad, she's already in the works for the next um, a replacement, I, I suppose. And, uh, yeah. and, you know, it'll be love just like Bobo was love. Yep. There's a uh, there is a philosopher named J.P. Moreland. He's a Christian apologist who argues that the dogs are soulish creatures. They don't have human souls, but I can't remember what he said. I'm, I'm gonna you got me interested. I'm gonna go back and look up. Is he has a po- uh, podcast? I think on that topic. I have to go look it up there's, and I'll report back. There's yeah, uh, uh, check that out. Zach. There's a verse somewhere in the Old Testament <clears throat> that talks about the spirit of animals versus yeah the spirit of people. So that's why I know they have a spirit, but it's, it's obvious anyway, because a dog has a, you know, a spirit is simply your, your personality or, you know, the way you carry yourself. And that's different from the soulish nature of it. But you, it may be true, Zach, because the dog relates to human beings different than any other animal. There's no doubt that's true. Yep. In, ter- in terms of traits and characteristics. So that's I'll refrain from making a, a point on it so I don't get eviscerated in here again like I did last time. So, <laughs> so, so, so well, Dad, well, that's, uh, that's I, about I thought what? one last point on uh, on water baptism. I, I, oh, we're going there again. Well, yeah, I, that, here we go again. That's <laughs> it. Here's what Dad said, Chase, before we started rolling. He said, "Before we close the door on that discussion, I said, Dad, I think you're reopening the door." Yeah, yeah. I thought it was a good discussion. Oh, yeah, I like the viewers. Discussion. I mean, cause we'll it, leave our listeners. Let them make them make their own decision. I we think debate. They you be decide. Baptized. If they say, "Well, I, I don't," I'm yeah. not. Well, just when I thought I was out. He, Pulled me back in. <laughs> this right, one give us starts, your last thought. Starts. Uh, uh, if you read John, it's it's a critical read. Tell the truth, Phil. You studied this all night. No, 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 I really didn't. Then you woke up, staring at the ceiling, and said, it "Occurred to me at some point when I went home." Uh, on the last day, this is John 7, on the last and greatest day uh, of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If a man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures uh, has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this... He meant the spirit by uh, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, and everybody needs to remember this, Jesus is still alive. He's speaking. He hasn't died yet on a cross and been buried and raised from the dead. So the gospel is not complete because the, 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 the gospel is, is seen in Jesus, his becoming flesh, dying, being buried, and raised from the dead. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. The time's not right yet. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. So before the gospel came to completion, with the death of Jesus on the cross, his burial and resurrection, the message was different in that there was no spirit given when you were baptized. John's baptism, you could not receive the spirit because Jesus hadn't died yet. Well, Jesus does die, and John records it, and he was buried, he was raised from the dead. Now, as they're going across, starting in Jerusalem, the first thing out of Peter's mouth when they all get together in Acts chapter 1, they're all sitting there, and it, it reads like this. This man, Acts 2, 23. Now he pre- was handed over to you by God's set purpose, for and honored you with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. There's Jesus' death on a cross, which had not happened when John wrote about the Spirit not being given over there. But now we got a different ball game. God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death that was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. 
he keeps preaching to them. And about verse Acts 2.36, let all Israel be assured of this, God has made Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. When they heard this, they were cut to the heart. These Jews are, are, are charged with killing Jesus, but he was the Messiah and he's going to save them by them killing him. Because you can imagine, they were devastated. Well, they were cut to the heart and they've asked a simple question. Brothers, what shall we do? Because we're in a bind here. Well, what, what, we, the, the, we, we're, we're the ones who killed him. Peter replied when they said, what shall we do? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven. Now watch this. I read to you that text over there in John. The Spirit had not yet been given, but now it's fixing to be given because Peter said, repent and be baptized so that your sins will be forgiven and you will see, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's what couldn't happen up to this point. Well, from now on, their message is going to be the same and they're going to baptize one after the other. You can go through the whole book of Acts. You can just turn one page and then turn a couple of pages and you'll well, run into it. Well, I think the confusion comes in with people. And because when in 33, you know, they, oh, these guys were sitting there and in chapter two, the first four verses and this violent wind and they saw it seemed to be tongues of fire. And so then they heard this, you know, these guys speaking in a language that they hadn't studied. Right. Yep. yep. Well, when, in his sermon where he's sharing Jesus, where Paul's reminding the Colossians of Jesus, same thing. In 32, it said, God has raised us, Jesus, to life. We're all witnesses to the fact, exalted to the right hand of God. He has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit. And I think this, this phrase, I'm not sure where you're going with it, but I was just going to bring it up, and has poured out what you now see in here. Yep. So the Holy Spirit, going back to your John, uh, what was that, John 8? Seven. John 7. So he now has, you see the, the miraculous, the evident, they saw the evidence of the Holy Spirit being poured out. So then when they said, what do we do? He said, well, you know, when you pour something out, it's, it's now been made available. You can actually yep. get it. It's called yep. baptism of the Holy Spirit That's later right. in, in other passages. But it is confusing. It's a little to, confusing. Yeah. Some groups now, I mean, I don't want to chase a rabbit here, but it's like my wife and I were discussing a lot of, a lot of churches you'll go, and they're trying to recreate what happened in Acts 2 in the first four verses. That's they're right. like, come, come, you know, pour your spirit out. But I'm kind of like, well, that's great, but we have it. Yeah. It, yeah, it's here. It's it's in the, us. I've simply pouring out. I simply was a, started was a with event. that text in John, where you had one kind of baptism, no spirits given. That's John's. I know that because you say so. There's there's actually more than one baptism. There certainly is. You had John's, no spirit was given when they were baptized, but now you get through here and you get in the middle of the book of Acts. And here comes a fellow named Apollos. This is Acts 18, 24. Yeah, a native of Alexandria into Ephesus. He was a, now first of all, let's look at his attributes. He was a learned hang, man. Hang on, hang on, Dad, before you read that, let's take a break. So all of us own homes, um, some of us multiple homes and properties. And there's two reasons uh, that you never want to become a victim of home title fraud. The first one is because a cyber criminal is going to worm their way onto your home's title. Uh, they go online, they steal it, they take out a loan, and then after the loan, they use up your equity in your home. And then they're going to vanish, and then they're going to leave you to prove that you didn't commit fraud. So this is a real thing that's happened, and, and you don't want that to happen to you. Second thing is you could be a victim of home title fraud and not know it for months. There's no agency that will notify you or ask you if you've sold your home or added someone to your title. 
So that may be somebody doing that with your home title. So you want to make sure uh, that you're protected. And there's no better way to do that than Home Title Lock, uh, which is America's trusted leader and one of our longtime sponsors on the Unashamed Podcast. Here's what we urge you to do. Uh, go to HomeTitleLock.com. Read some of the testimonials from the retired FBI agents because they're going to tell you about the things that happened. Register your home address to make sure you're not already a victim. So when you go to register, there's going to be a little space for you to tell them that Phil sent you their way. Uh, You're going to get 30 free days of protection. HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. 30 days of free protection. Make sure you own your home. He was a learned man, so he was no Dumbo, with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. Good for him. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and he spoke with great fervor. Now check this out. And taught about Jesus accurately. So there's nothing wrong with his, but you say there's a problem arising. And the problem is this little statement. Though he knew only the baptism of John, you're like, uh-oh. He's I don't talk- know if it was a problem. It was just. It was it, a problem it, it, in, that, in the time frame. They had come out of John's preaching before Jesus had died, been buried and raised from the dead. They went to out here in the middle of nowhere around uh, emphasis up in here. And uh, they had no, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying with problem, it means like he made a mistake. It was just, it was a, a weird turn of event. Because he hadn't heard about it. I mean, and it, look, he knew the baptism of John, which was a good which was thing. A positive. They were yeah. told to, to be baptized. He's the John the baptizer. Though he knew only the baptism of John. But Jesus, when they were converted through John's preaching, when 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 that was before Jesus had died, I can see this little lag. You say, Well, what about the ones who had John's baptism? And they were still alive when Jesus was, was, was died and was buried and raised from the dead. Well, he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. And remember, the only problem is he knew John's baptism, not the one where you receive the Spirit. The Spirit's not given at John's. So when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they invited him to their house. And here's the way it reads. They explained to him the way of God more adequately. So I'm here today just to show you, at our audience should at least look at this uh, when it, regarding water baptism. When Apollos wanted to go to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples there to welcome him. On arriving, he was a great help to those who by grace had uh, believed. For he was vigorously refuted the Jews in public debate proven from the scriptures that Jesus was the Christ. So he's preaching the gospel. While they were in Corinth, Apollos and his friends, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples. Okay, now let's listen carefully. And asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? It's a fair question. You say, why would Paul do that? Because these people had John's baptism. Because what? When you believed, they answered, no, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. They were never told, therefore, how would they know? So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? That tells me right there that we've got a little friction going on here between John's baptism, pre-death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, and, and God's uh, baptism and the second one through people who heard that Jesus had died was buried and raised from the dead it was a time it was a little time zone there problem well they said uh, what baptism did you receive John's baptism they replied Paul said he said the same thing John said over there John's baptism was a baptism of repentance he told the people to believe in the one coming after him that is, in Jesus, they had missed that. So now I'm looking at two baptisms, and, and we're going to fix it. Well, if it was not necessary and mandatory, why bring this up? If you didn't have to do it to begin with, like some say, you don't have to fool with that. Well, why is he making this argument? You had the wrong baptism. You just got caught in the wrong time frame. 
Now that Jesus has died and been buried and raised from the dead, you need to be baptized into him. On hearing this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. And in this case, they put their hands on them and they gave them ability to what happened in Acts chapter 2. They spoke in different languages and prophesied and there were about 12 of them in all. Well, Paul entered the synagogue, spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively about the king of God, about the kingdom of God. But I'm just bringing that up to let you know. You say, actually, there were two baptisms going on there. But well, I think I referred to that last time. I didn't go in detail. I mean, I agree with what you're saying. Although I don't think it was wrong. You keep saying it was a wrong baptism. I mean, they were both right. It was it's just what they right. had at the time. Yeah, I, I you can't. You, you, you can't. Part. You can't that's be right. bad. Well, I think. I think, and I'm obviously on the other side of the, the debate on this. But I will say this: that you know, one of the rebuttals I've heard against um, baptismal regeneration, which is the view that that you're saved when you're baptized, you're regenerated in that moment. Which, by the way, I believe Luther. I uh, believed in baptismal regeneration, so I don't think that you guys are alone I've in that. I've never heard that phrase in my life that I can recall. So I mean, well, I, is now that we it? know. Yeah, I mean, it's been right. a, it's a, it's been a long debate. I mean, yeah, it's a big debate. I mean, even I outside like the Church of Christ, it's yeah, for I don't many, like many years. boxes. You know, like somebody said, "Do you believe in baptism regeneration?" If somebody asked yeah, me, yeah, it's say, just a way of. Question is, I believe in Jesus. Did they uh, baptize them again, right or wrong? Did they baptize them, these people again? In Acts 19? But we don't have yeah. the same situation here because we're all... Well, I, well let, let, let me say this, though, because I think I, I, I know I can already hear the comments when this thing pops, and, and I'm I'm one who believed that you're saved when you put your faith in Jesus, but but when you know, one of the rebuttals... I don't think anybody's denying that. Well, then, then we're, all, we're on the same page, then. That's all I'm saying. I think you have to be baptized. I just don't think it's the moment... You know, water baptism, for example, is not the moment. But, but when people say, "What about the thief on the cross?" Uh, this it, it falls into Phil's point here that the baptism that we participate in as as believers in Jesus is a baptism that that is connecting us with the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. So the the the, the thief on the cross could not have participated in that baptism because Jesus had not died, he had not been buried. And he had not been raised from the dead. So th that baptism. And it was kind of hard could, to be baptized when you're hanging on a cross fixing to die. Well, and that, yeah, and that too. Uh, and that too. <laughs> I mean, Jesus had the power exactly. to save anybody, whatever, well, at any time. Yeah, but I think it's a valid point Zach's making. He, he, he was safe because of his oh, yeah. faith, you know. Well, there were many others. You can read Hebrews 11. So it's full of people who were never baptized that were saved. Yep. I mean, it's, it's obvious from any, anybody up until that point. That's right. It wasn't a part of the process. I, yeah, I, I'm kind of, I guess, a little, I, I, I'm a little more in the middle in the sense that I believe it's the process. You can't, if you baptize somebody without faith, it's, you just got wet. You just took a swim. So, you, so faith obviously is what saves you. But I believe faith starts the process and baptism concludes it. I, I think that's I the too. process. It's faith that in God... Jesus. I mean, your faith, Correct. you could have faith in some a lot of things. Well, of course, that's, 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 I mean, I didn't say that, but that's, that's implied. Yeah, faith uh, in well, Jesus. Exactly. I just think it's worthy of note for people to say you, 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 you don't even have to fool with that. I just think it's worthy would, of yeah. note. If, if he said, what baptism do you say? Well, John, you know, it's a baptism of repentance. On hearing this, he, you would tell one coming after him, believe in one coming. That is in Jesus. They were like, we got it. We got it. So well, I think it's a valid point, but it's, it's, we're all post spirit being poured out. But I, I was going to bring up something because I was, Al, you said it was the, when the Holy Spirit fell out, fell, it was a one time event. And I thought that happened many, I mean, it happened with the Gentiles the same you could almost say i would i would argue that was a 1.0 and 2.0 because the first one was for the jews only which is what paul said in romans 1 and then the second one for the gentiles happened in acts 10 you're correct well I mean, technically it happened twice but i think it and, was 2.0 because it well, was he said it would be a pouring out of the holy spirit but i, I think you're right I, <clears throat> I think if you're waiting well, around every week for the holy spirit to be poured out you're missing the point that he lives in you well, and it did happen in the text that Phil just read in Acts 19, because then it says when they placed 
their hands on the Holy Spirit came on them. That's yeah, uh, nineteen six, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about twelve men and all. So you're like, well, what was that all about? So yeah, and and you're and and you're right. Now you bring in another element. The difference in the the miraculous pouring out of the Holy Spirit on versus the inward dwelling of the Holy Spirit, which really there are is two, a difference. two different things. Well, there's That's a exactly difference, right. but I think it's confusing for people to listen. I it wanted, is. I mean, I wanted <laughs> to interject something in here, and uh, I think this is interesting. Hang I'm, on, Jays. Let's take a break. I actually uh, got this point from my wife one night over, over we were talking about there seemed to be pressure from from uh, you know leaders in the church to try to create this you know this Holy Spirit falling on people and uh, and she was just telling me it's like you know I she doesn't she didn't like being having pressure put on her for that to happen when we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit because then it almost seems like it's your performance you have to somehow another whip people up into a frenzy or whatever but uh i mentioned to her that we were discussing baptism and i think this was a this is a this is a good point i'm I'm not sure what y'all want to do with it but you remember in saul's conversion in acts 9 you know he struck down on the road i mean and i mean here he is killing christians and he has a an audible conversation yeah. With the Lord. He's like, Who are you who are you, Lord? Well the Lord strikes him blind and it says for three days, this is Acts nine nine, he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. So he gets instructions where to go. He goes and he sees Ananias, because the Lord the Lord said to Ananias in the fifteen, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles. And so he goes, in verse 17, Ananias went to the house and entered it. Now watch this. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So immediately... Something like scales fell from his eyes and he could see. So we've had some kind of miraculous encounter via the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And he was healed. I mean, kinda like, kinda like what happened in Acts two. There was there was a miracle. And then watch what happens. I, I thought this was interesting. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. The order at which this happened is is interesting. I mean, he hadn't eaten in three days. He's blind. He's been struck down. He's had. Uh, we have a supernatural. There's no doubt. This is a miraculous occurrence that's happened in this man's life. Yep. And you know he's hungry after three days. He can. He's healed. You would think. We're now that he's been healed. He would go get something to eat. I mean, no. They went and baptized him. I mean, why, 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 why the urgency on that <laughs> is what seemed interesting to me. And then he went and got something. He's got something. To, it is a strange order of, of occurrences. Would, now, y'all, y'all I don't, it, I don't know what it means, but it, it's interesting to me. I've read all the text that we've talked about, you know, before, and I just put them all together, and I said, I'm not going to mess with that. I'm, I'm going to take them to the river. They well, say, I yeah. believe Jesus. I said, well, let me hear some verses here. And they're like, I'm ready to go. Nobody's arguing about it and all that. I just said, well, you know, yeah, I got some verses here. You know, it says repent and be <coughs> baptized. Here's another one over here in Galatians 3. Well, I think what, discarded, uh, what started this debate, though, is you can't overemphasize baptism if Jesus is out of the equation, because Jesus is salvation, your, right. your opportunity to participate 
in that through Faith baptism in the gospel should be a positive thing, not a debatable thing. It should be an opportunity. So I think when you, you know, ask legalistic questions about baptism, I think you're missing the point. That That's why I think Zach and even me to some degree are pushing back a little bit about this point in time, point in time, because the point in time has to have Jesus at the center. Whenever right. you're walking through life, Jesus pursuing you and you understanding what he did in his pursuit of you through his death, burial, and resurrection, there's no d doubt if you're going to make me have a point in time, I'm going to go with that point in time because that's what saves me. Now, me, I'm nothing. So now I, I read through here that I have an opportunity to reenact that in some kind of symbolic way 2,000 years later. Well, I'm going to run and go do that. Me too. Run. Do not pass go. Do not collect two, $200. I will find the nearest water source and do that. That's kind of my take. Yep. Well, I was going to say, too, that, you know, Willie was on the podcast a few uh, podcasts back, and he's now working with the church. This has a little different, or when he went there, had a little bit different on on waiting to baptize. You, know, you were talking about that, Chase. And so he went and talked to the pastor and he was like, you know, is because they were kind of like, they were pushing back a little bit because he was like, why would we wait? Why can't we just, if somebody, you know, has embraced Christ, why can't we just go ahead and baptize them? And then, of course, they were kind of pushing back because it, it would have been their tradition to just have a baptismal service, kind of what you described, Jay. It's like, I don't know what, you know, what their time frame was. And, and you know, Willie asked a simple question. He said, well, is it okay if we don't wait? I mean, you guys have a problem if we just go ahead and do it? And they were like, well, no, <laughs> I guess that would be fine. You know, it's like, and so now, even over the time that he's been there over a year, they, they got to where they just go ahead and baptize, you know, when people embrace Christ, whenever it is, you know. Whether That's the it's, way I view it. Yeah. So, so they just changed their traditional yeah. view of it just because somebody asked the question, is it okay if we don't wait? Because it Cause, seems You know, they like, come up with all these, what if, you know, what if somebody... See, I think that's the wrong way to go. Yeah, that's the, the wrong scenario. way to go. That's why I said when people are, that's why I don't like those phrases. And, all, you know, I, I just try to stay away from that and, and figure out what God's plan was and is, and then just try to do likewise. Yep. But, you know. Well, you, I, I, you said I, this before, Jace. We, we get into trouble when we try to make Jesus and even the Bible a formula-driven experience like in other words yeah. we're gonna lay out your little slots here and then that's your formula and then that has to apply because people are messy you know i mean th they come to christ in so many different scenarios and ways and so you know you got to let jesus be jesus and then we just try right. to show you know this is the best way to go yeah well the whole point of the whole point he's making here in colossians 2 which is where we started this whole discussion I mean, he's, I don't think he's making a case for baptism. What he's making a case for is Jesus being the, the supreme center of everything. And, and baptism is, he's, he's referencing our baptism to draw us back into that memory to say, hey, you remember like what, what you happened. did here. You know, yeah. it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a realignment uh, to, to put Christ back at the center and how, and, and he's talking about uh, baptism, how it, it aligns us with Christ by connecting us with, you know, his death, burial, and resurrection, and we kind of participate in that in our own life. And, you know, what moving into Colossians 3, which I'm not sure if we're going to get there today, but um, you, you kind of see, like, to Jace's point last last time, that it's not just about being saved from sin, it's being saved to something. It's being saved to live a new life, to walk with Jesus, to be like Him. So I think that's the bigger point, and, and I think it's the way that we identify when these discussions um become unfruitful is when is when it becomes a, about the the uh, formula instead you know, of wrap, the person wrap of Jesus. Your head around this one. Hey, uh, hang on, Dad. Hang on. Let's take a break. Matthew three verse thirteen. Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. You say, wait a minute here. So he's going to go over here, and John the Baptist, the ones who he sent to baptize, he's going down there, and he's going to tell John to baptize him. Well, John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. 
and do you come to me? Now, they've got a little fracas going here. When Jesus said, I want you to baptize me. And John said, well, whoa, now, you need to be baptizing me instead of me being baptized by you, which is kind of weird. Jesus replied, let it be so now, meaning, John, I want you to baptize me. Let it be so. Just, just do it, son. And it is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened. So there's a lot of carrying on here. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him a voice from heaven saying, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Every time I've read that text, I've always said, well, you know what? When it comes right down to it, I'm going to get baptized by somebody. I said that when I was 28 and was converted because it was text like that. And then all of a sudden you look up and you see to fulfill all righteousness. I mean, the spirit descending like a dove and you're marked as a son of God. It just kind of says in a sequence of events, being baptized is part of it. That, that's my point. Just looks like it's yeah, a part of it. That's a valid point. I want to well, make it. Go yeah, ahead. And it's I'm a, not that saying was you're going, it. On, going to hell if you don't, or if, but I'm just saying. Well, you shouldn't say that about anything. I don't think it's something to mess with. <laughs> it's not up to us. So you shouldn't say <laughs> that about anything. It's well, not up right. to us who, who makes it or does Yeah, and I always thought that was the announcement. That was basically the official announcement that the Son of God was here and that it, this was different because remember everything up to that point was baptism of John, which was a baptism of repentance, which obviously Jesus didn't need to do. He never sinned. That's right. So what th this baptism was ushering in the era of Jesus yeah. as actually being here. So, well, I want to make this point uh, to what Zach said about being, you know, called from something to something. You got to remember, you know, in Romans six, his he wasn't giving a three-point sermon on baptism just like in colossians it was to what zach said he was using it as an illustration in romans 6 he asked a question i mean he had just gone through five chapters of starting off the first three chapters this is how it goes awfully wrong yeah brutal and this is how all our sinners how god made it awesomely right yep and so he gets to six. I mean, it's so awesome what God did through his grace. You have these people here who say, ask a question. Well, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? So what kind of question is that? Which I'm saying it's like the same one about baptism saying, well, do I have to? It's, a, it's an erroneous question. And but he answers it because there are some people out there who say, "Oh, well, if I die, Jace, hold on, no, what? back up just one." But but he's but the question that that is being asked there is 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 based on the last statement that he makes in Romans five that he basically says, "Let me tell you how big God's grace is. The more you sin, the more grace you get." So the question. It is a logical question because it's like, wait a second, I sin more and I get more grace, and Paul's like, yes. But the lead to say, let's go sin some more because of that, it is little, erroneous. That's but a I, little but, disturbing I mean, I, I, to me. <laughs> it, it, it's disturbing because, yeah, I think it is disturbing because it misses the point, which yeah. is that's what he's addressing: is what kind of mind you've missed the whole thing if that's the kind of question you're asking. Well, right or wrong, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. But the point is, of all the things he could then use to say, no, you don't, this shouldn't motivate you to sin more because the more you sin, the more God's grace covers you. He says, by no means, we died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized in his death? We were there very with him through baptism and death, just as Christ was raised from the dead to the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. And if you skip down to verse 6, for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with. We shouldn't be 
slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. So his the the thing he goes back to on why you shouldn't go out and sin more as a motivation, even though God's grace would cover you more, is he takes you back to your participation or your surrender, however you want to phrase it, your baptism, reenacting Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Well, in Colossians, he does a similar thing. We have people that have infiltrated the church who through hollow and, and deceptive philosophy based on human traditions and basic principles of the world, they're introducing things other than Christ as the focal point to their salvation and existence. So what does he do? He, he, he brings up this same participation. So he, in verse 9 of 2, he says, In Christ all the fullness lives in bodily form. You've been given fullness in Christ. He then says, you know, the circumcision done by Christ, verse 12, having been buried with him in baptism, raised with him through your faith and the power of God. And then it's similar to Romans 6 in that he then goes to grace instead of law as the way your your performance as opposed to God's performance on how you're saved through 13 and 14, which is what I really wanted to talk about today. I just think it's interesting, two different occasions in Romans 6 and Colossians, this comes up as, as an important point on why you shouldn't yep. do something that's outside of living by God's grace. That let's was take a, let's take our <clears throat> take our last break. At what I thought about Jace too, he he also brings up the same thought in First Corinthians fifteen, meaning the death and resurrection when he talks about Jesus, and he uses some of these same words that you see in Colossians and also in Romans six. He says, "Where o death." is your victory, where all death is your sting. The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gave us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Then he says, because of therefore, stand firm, don't let anything move you. And, good point. you know, you labor in the you Lord. That so that law it's this, in there. That's a good point. Yeah. So it's the same concept and idea that that's, that's what happens when Christ is truly the Lord of your life. Because remember, he started in verse six by saying, "You receive Jesus Christ as Lord," and so it's about it's about lordship. It's about who who you yeah. decide to follow. And so that's why, you know, you're right. You had these people that obviously had their their focus was gone from Jesus. And look, it's a modern problem. This isn't an ancient yeah. problem. It's just the same thing well, happens it today. Continues. Yeah. I must it confess. Conti- conti- you, got, you want to say something, Zach? Yeah, I was just going to say that you know you going back to your point in Romans six. Romans six, it's all kind of setting up this case he's making in verse twelve, moving forward, which is like you're you're you are equipped through your connection with Christ. You're you are equipped to live a new life, and and I love how he ends it here in verse nineteen uh, or near the end of Romans six. He said, "I'm speaking in human terms." because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you present, presented your members as slaves to impurity and lawlessness, resulting in further lawlessness, and you know you never get to the end of sin, right? It just keeps getting worse and worse. He, he, he now says, now, now present your members as slaves to righteousness, resulting in sanctification. And if we define sanctification as being freed from the grip or the power of sin progressively over time, what, what that means is, is that we we're, we are called to do good works, not to be saved, but because we're saved. And as a result of that, the desires of our hearts are going to change, and, and sin's not going to have the power or the grip over us like it did. And that's really what, what I think most people are looking for. They don't they want to know how how can I how can my desires be redirected towards God? Well, go out and 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 do the, the, the participate in the habits and the rhythms that would lead you to righteousness. And as a result of that, you're going to find that God's going to sanctify you more and more. Yeah. I was just making the point that when the issue came up about human performance, Romans six or human tradition, Colossians two, he combated that argument in talking about Jesus and the 
baptism that occurs because of your belief in that, which people who water down baptism, ha-ha, they say that that's human performance or tradition. But he's actually, that was his argument on it not being about your performance or tradition. Yep. That's the point I or was your, trying, trying to get or at. Your, <clears throat> your ability. <clears throat> so Before having we, said um, all that, Having said all that, my the biggest cricket sermon and uh, confrontation I ever had when I gave a, a class is I taught a class on Colossians 2, 13 through 15, but it was an overview of Colossians. Uh, it was called the Canceled Code, and it went over like a lead balloon because I asked the question, <laughs> how many laws and commands are we under? And I just opened it up to the audience. And I got anything, everything from 10 to 600 yep. Yep. to, uh, you know, various numbers in between. And, I mean, it was just cricket. So even, even a couple of leaders confirming, they're like, you know, just because we're not under that as far as salvation doesn't mean it's canceled. And I'm sitting here reading this, I'm like, he forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away and nailed it to the cross and have disarmed the powers and authorities and made a public spectacle of them triumphing over the cross. And I went, I went through this deal about where, uh, you know, when Jesus said, and I mean, look, I may be wrong on this, but where he said, my burden is light, my yoke is easy. And I had this, what I think it is, is because you went from 600 and how many laws were there in Leviticus, Hal? 600 um, and any. change yeah. Yeah. to two. But because living a Christian life is hard. I mean, look at it. it, it you, you, Paul's given several paragraphs of what happens when you go public for Jesus. It can be difficult, especially, you. you know. Even my situation in my personal life right now, you know, because I believe God gives life and I want to practice what I preach, you know, I've taken on this, this newborn, but boy, it, it, it you know, it's your time, energy, passion, money is, it's just been difficult. It's, it, so. it clears it up for me when the little text in, uh, Galatians three twenty three. Before this faith came, and that's what he's discussing in Colossians and Romans 6, if you didn't have faith in the grace of God, before this faith, we were held prisoners by the law, locked up until faith should be revealed. So the law, you say, what was the purpose of the code and having to, him canceling it for us? It's the greatest event that ever happened yeah. so, because it gives you the reason. So the law was put in charge. You say, well, what's it there for? To lead us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. Now the faith has come. We are no longer under the supervision of the law. It's the greatest thing that ever happened. You would Get think. Under that thing. You would think, but I wasn't sure why ever the, you know, a lot of people got really upset with me about that. You had, well, it, you because had it nailed, be, nailed on the head. I mean, I just read a minute ago, Paul said the power of sin is the law. That's right. So, yeah, you, which is which is funny because Romans 6. It, you can't do away with here's the, the whole irony. thing, all these verses. Well, the Romans 6, the Romans 6 whole point is, hey, look, if you want to get out of lawlessness, then you have to get out from under the law. That's the that's irony. That's Correct. It. That's right. I mean, that's, that's the power of the gospel right there. You say, I, I don't know how to get out of lawlessness. Well, then you need to get out from under the law. When you get out from under the law, then you live under grace. Then you can be, then you will not be a slave to lawlessness. Mm -hmm. But haven't you seen outside of our discussion of the Bible, just in human nature during the pandemic about people's pull to tyranny and wanting to make rules for people and then tell people how to live. I mean, it has been so natural, just the natural part of man, for people to say, whether it's mask or whatever, and it's like, we want to make rules and we want to enforce rules and we yep. want to tell you how to live. I mean, it's just the it's same human things nature. happen in churches, Al. I think his whole point oh, was... Oh, no doubt about it. You, it, you got it is people interesting. coming in there and making a rule system. It is interesting 
that that Jay said he went to Colossians 2, which, as it turns out, mentions baptism. And he also, faith, repentance, baptism. He also, in Romans 6, did the same thing. Well, I just quoted Galatians chapter 3, and the next thing he says, you are no longer under the supervision of the law. Well, here it goes again. You're all sons or daughters of God through faith in Christ Jesus. All have you been baptized, have clothed yourself with him. There's no with gruesome. Christ, which is my point. I mean, it's bigger, interesting that it, the, the bigger point was Jesus, which is because some people have taken baptism, which was his point about pointing back to Jesus and a life filled with grace, and made that a rule. That is correct. And took Jesus out of that. I that mean, it's correct. like yeah. the law-keeping ability of people yeah. has no bounds. That's right. It, it yeah. is amazing. And, and it, if if you want to make a rule, just give it a it's minute. It's actually all those texts are about grace instead of law. That's I mean, right. Everyone. That, that's what's so that. That's what I've. But I'm you glad have, to have we some got point to this. In, you have to have yeah. some point in time when you're no longer under the law. Yeah. You say, well, how do I'm you get out of I'm actually glad here? you brought right. this up again because I felt like I wanted to talk about that yesterday, but it just went off the rails. Well, I'm just I'm just glad that y'all you guys agree with me now. I really this is big. It's a big moment. <laughs> well, you know that's what happens. I that's agree. what happens when you sleep on it. I agree with everybody. <laughs> we're in, all in Jesus. <laughs> you know. All right. I mean, let's well, put now Jesus that we're at the center, and that's everything else will work. So we're gonna out have later. to we're gonna have to sing Kumbaya in the uh, overtime segment now that we're all on the same page. But uh, I do want us to hit the the last part of chapter two in our overtime. It's going to lead us into the next podcast, which will be Colossians 3. If so we're not we'll careful, we'll time. turn into these factions like it was in the first century. Some follow Cephas, some follow, follow Paul. You know, you got something. I'm with a Dasher guy. I'm with a with Dasher. I'm with Al. I'm with J- I think Jace is right. I think we'll feel over, you know. I mean, you know, we got to be careful. Each one of us would be a That's country. That's why you got thousands of different groups out there. This is how <laughs> That's it happens. Right. Yeah. Let's just say we're, we're Jesus men. How about that? Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.